listening to Radio Sega, and this is the Sega Lounge. Sit back, have a drink, and enjoy the conversation. And now, here are tonight's hosts, KC and SSF1991. Hello everyone and welcome to RadioSega.net We play the best Sega music 24-7 And this is the Sega Lounge Our own talk show where we have uh, Every week we have special guests And this week is no exception We have very, very special guests Although we do say this every week, right Tony? We do say say this every week It's always special people here we are really special guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. So uh, this week uh, we're joined by the Legion Shadows team. Hello, guys. Hey, guys. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Sega Lounge. We'll be uh, chatting with uh, the team behind Elysian Shadows. We'll be knowing more about uh, the game. What is Elysian Shadows? Who is uh, the team behind this project? Uh, and other stuff. So in a bit we'll be talking to the guys. Uh, before that, though, it's time to uh, let you know how you can interact with us during the show. Although this isn't a live show, of course, uh, you probably have noticed this by now. Uh, we're not doing this live. We're, we're actually recording this the day before. And it's uh, almost 1 a.m. my time. So it's uh, the most awesome time to record an interview with someone uh, under the influence of uh, strange substances to keep me awake. Uh, <laughs> or maybe not, or maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, yes, so, it, but if you want to join the, the, chat, the chat room, the IRC chat room, you can do that by uh, going to radiosega.net forward slash community forward slash chat. Uh, you can also uh, access your or open your preferred IRC client and access irc.surrealchat.net and our chat room is, of course, hash Radio Sega. And uh, don't forget that you can interact with everyone uh, during our live shows and uh, just be random and have fun, of course. Uh, of course, just you like can. Us. Just like us, yes, but uh, we try to sound professional. We are not professional, though. Not. <laughs> not by a long shot. We've uh, the right show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we try, we try. But, uh, not successfully. Um, yes, we. You can also mention at Radio Sega on Twitter. So if you want to uh, let you know, let us know what you're thinking of the show and the interview. Uh, you can mention at Radio Sega. You can also mention at Elysian underscore Shadows. That's the Twitter account for uh, the Elysian Shadows team. So don't forget to do that as well and follow them. And uh, maybe you can tell them that you love them or hate them or whatever after the show. Or preferably that you love them. Preferably. preferably. But, you know, we, get, we get some of each. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's that. Of course, uh, we need to introduce ourselves as well, of course. Uh, or, or do we? Maybe we don't. I'm KC, a.k.a. David. I'm live from Portugal. And all the way across the pond, I have my man, Donnie, a.k.a. SSF1991. Right? Yes, of course. Yes. You all I know that by now. You're sick and tired of listening to us. And something broke, or maybe not. Oops, that's Okay, so... Don't, don't worry. That's, what everyone, that's how everyone feels about me as well. <laughs> oh my god, this started... Yeah. 
uh, <laughs> okay so we all always start the show by uh, going through the news uh, in a segment we call Donnie's News Corner Donnie uh, so Donnie what do we have this week well only two new bits of uh, news have developed in the past week one of which actually came out uh, just recently came out in the last 24 hours so nothing too old this time uh, but probably the biggest uh, bit of the two uh, apparently, Alien Isolation uh, is now up for pre-order, and apparently there's going to be some DLC you can get uh, that will feature the original core cast of the original Alien, uh, including the original Ripley, so that's going to be interesting. Um, I, did not, I did not expect something like that to happen, but apparently there will be a... Uh, it's The DLC is specifically called... Nostromo edition or something like that. Um, and it's going to be retailer specific, apparently. Um, so apparently not everyone will be having access to that DLC, right? So, there you go. It's not exactly DLC that just about everyone's going to get, but at least on the positive note, you know, it's the original core cast of the original Alien, you know, so... Okay. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, apparently that sparked uh, some discussion <laughs> within the Sega community because people don't like to have a DLC that's not available for everyone, of course. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, some more drama in the Sega community. What else is new? Right? Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay, uh, what do you guys think about uh, pre order DLC? <laughs> I am not a fan. I remember when uh, Silent Hill Downpour was coming out, they had like these lockers that they give you the codes for if you pre-ordered it. And so now if anybody goes and buys the game, there's just these lockers in the game that you just can't open. And plus, <laughs> people can just upload the codes for the locker anyways. Like, it's just stupid. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I've never <laughs> seen it implemented in a way out. that makes me hype about it. So GameStop's trying to get involved in the actual uh, development process to uh, try to get exclusive in-game content besides DLC. I think that's ridiculous. They try to get involved with like major production studios to get like whole entire in-game levels that they could promise for like people who pre-order. That's not right. Yeah. One, one yeah. thing. One, one thing people are saying about this is that uh, it's the next game in the Alien series. And considering the, the previous game was, well, a piece of crap, uh, Aliens Colonial Marines, and I don't know if you played it, but uh, people are saying Sega should be more careful about uh, doing stuff bit, like this. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that, there's that. Okay, next piece of news, Tony. Yep, and of course it is the last one, but it's not exactly something to uh, ignore. Uh, apparently, Fantasy Zone 2 will be Ooh. the next game to join the 3DS 3D classics in Japan. Oh, yeah. Oh, sweet. Sweet. Yep. Indeed. We... I, I certainly... I mean, I knew there was going to be like more to those that 3D, 3D classics, but I didn't expect it to be uh, Fantasy Zone 2, so I'm, I'm hyped about does. that. Yeah, they released Fantasy Zone 1 uh, recently. So that's a bit surprising. Um, they released Afterburner, Outrun, and 
we don't have any of those around here yet. But we'll probably have them, I think. That's cool, though. Maybe. I mean, There's some pretty big classics in the Sega library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And these these 3D classics, uh, the range of the 3D classics is awesome because they add some. Uh, apart from the the obvious 3D, they add some new features, some uh, additional settings and options. It's nice. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yep, yep. We already have uh, what is it? A Sonic, uh, the the original one. Uh, Streets of Rage, uh, a Space Harrier. Uh, Echo the Dolphin, uh, what else? Uh, and a few others that I can't remember right now. Yes. Yeah, I want to play. Uh, Shinobi, Shinobi 3D, or Shinobi 3 in 3D, of course. Uh, I actually have my 3DS over here, so we, they also have they've released oh, um, Su Super Hang On, which is awesome, and Galaxy Force 2. I think that's about it. Uh, the ones that were released in the West. Uh, but uh, Sega will probably release the other uh, titles over here as well. Because I think the series was su successful. Let's see. So Fantasy Zone 2 joins the 3D Classics range in Japan. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Okay, so uh, I think that's about it uh, in regards to this week's news. Right, Tony? Yep, not yep. really too eventful of a week, so... Yeah. Not too eventful, but not really that bad either, so, yeah. Any news is good news. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Okay, that was Donnie's News Corner on the Sega Lounge. We'll now take a, a short music break and we'll uh, play some of the tracks by Connor himself. Uh, we'll explain who Connor is in a bit, but we'll start uh, this music break by playing the main theme for Elysian Shadows, and then we'll have the... Um, the 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 Lauren Town theme is it? I think yes. it is. Yes, indeed it is. So, uh, although I somehow typed uh, Lauren Museum, but that's later on during the show. I'm so professional. Yes. So <laughs> you're listening. Hey, hey, at, least, at least you got our name right. There are people who don't even get oh, the, yeah. the name of our RPG right on the podcast. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that would be nice. That's the kind of uh, dreams Sonic has with Princess Elise <laughs> from Sonic 06. Uh, anyway, you're listening Why to... Why you my joke? <laughs> really? Oh, joke. oh, don't. Sorry. Casey does what Don don't. <laughs> well, uh... Donnie. Yes, we still have this. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you're listening to the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega, and we'll be right back with the Elysian Dreams team, right? Elysian Dreams? No? No? No, it's Elysian Shadows. <laughs> we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
This is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. Come on in and have a seat. Welcome back everyone, you're listening to the Sega Lounge and we just played a couple of tracks from uh, Elysian Shadows and we're, we're joined this week by the Elysian Shadows team. Yes, hello guys, once more. Hey everyone. So, do you want to introduce yourselves to everyone listening? Yeah, totally. Um, I'll start off then. I am Falco Gerges. I am the lead engine and toolkit developer. I'm, I'm doing all the back-end lighting and stuff you see and I'm also assistant asshole from the YouTube series <laughs> the game development that's me okay <laughs> I'm uh, Tyler Rogers I'm the I guess lead gameplay developer I uh, work with all the scripting and AI and kind of bring all of our assets uh, like music and, and art and all that together and uh, really establishing our cohesive vision for the game um, I'm also the co-host of, of the YouTube series uh, here in Alabama with Falco Cool stuff. Uh, my name is Connor Linning. I'm the soundtrack composer, the sound effects guy, and I help out a little bit with like level design and just general ideas for the game. And uh, yeah, I guess actually I could be lead. I could be lead soundtrack composer, like because Falco's the only engine guy. So if I'm the only soundtrack yeah. guy, I can be the lead guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally, yeah, you're totally lead. We're all lead. Yeah. <laughs> Experts okay. in our fields. Yes. Yes. So uh, e- and uh, the music we just heard was composed by uh, Connor, of course. So we heard the main theme uh, to Legion Shadows, right? And the Laurentown uh, theme. So there's that. Um, yeah, uh, anything specific you want to talk about the music? We can talk about that later on during the show, though. So uh, I don't know. I could just talk. Tell me if you want to talk about these specific two tracks we heard. Uh, well, yeah, so they're kind of, they show how the soundtrack is a mix of, like, old-school chiptune Genesis, Super Nintendo stuff, but it also has a lot of modern uh, influences, and I've, I've been saying to people to kind of give, like, a frame of reference, is, like, it's OC Remix on crack. Um, <laughs> so it's, <man>. like... <laughs> So like when when they when the people who made like Genesis games made music, they are limited with what the Genesis could do. But since we're like 20 years later or whatever, um, I don't have any of those limitations. But I still want it to sound like a, like a classic Sega game. Uh, but like but a, dude, like Genesis does. Dude, Genesis does. Well, that's why we're sampling uh, some stuff from that. Yeah, they 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 that was one of their uh, ads. Uh, campaigns in the nineties. Genesis does what Nintendo don't. So <laughs> there's no limitations, dude. 
There's yeah, less processing. <laughs> one, of, one of the coolest things is is one of the uh, one of the tracks he worked on more recently. It's a boss theme, and it it starts off with like this really dark guitar, and like builds up with this this like dark Genesis sounding uh, chip tune stuff. And then after the bass drop, the, these drums pick up that are really epic, and those drums were actually sampled from Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Ooh, you know, awesome. the, yeah, the, 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 the well-known drums from that game. Yeah, it really yeah. helps give us like the the nostalgic feeling. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Cool, cool stuff. Cool stuff. Okay, so um, of course this isn't the entire team uh, of Legion Shadows, right? So who's missing? Uh, Dan is our webpage guy and one of our level designers. He's in the UK. Um, Patrick is our lead artist. He's in Poland, I think. Uh, awesome. uh, Leandro is another artist. He's in, well, he was in Russia, but I think he's in Italy right now. Yeah, he's in Rome. Yeah. Um, and Eddie, who does the Java stuff, or I guess Droid and uh, whatnot. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I'm totally gonna forget somebody like an idiot here. Okay. <laughs> well, it's better. I think it was only seven of us. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, all the other guys should be fired because they're not here. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So, uh, how did you guys get together? Uh, how did you guys meet? That's, that's actually kind of a funny story. See, um, Elysian Shadows, not sure if you guys knew this, but it started off as a Dreamcast exclusive way back in the day. It was pretty much just me working on it. It was an engine just for the Dreamcast, and it was an old-school 2D RPG, like purely 16-bit motivated, looked very much like a Genesis or Super Nintendo game. And as, as I was developing this with my brother and some friends, we decided to start recording... Uh, when we would get together and make this game, you know, just like our, a development video diary. And we actually decided to put the original videos from this diary on YouTube, just like, you know, we'll see what happens. And it's funny because that kind of exploded on YouTube and that became what is now Adventures in Game Development, which is a pretty successful YouTube video blog series we've been doing since we were like 18 or 19. And it's depicted the evolution and... Uh, the development process for Elysian Shadows starting from like our humble beginnings from me being a teenager on the Dreamcast to now and it was actually through through the fame of that series that uh, we met Connor and Patrick and our, all of our current team you know these are people who watched us and watched what the game was becoming and they shared our, our inspirations and influences and they really believed in our creative vision and they reached out to us wanting to to become a part of the team so that's how it started awesome yeah like I, w I was a fan of the game before i even became a team member and i think i think actually most of the people on the team right now joined because they were fans and they actually reached out yeah they reached out to falco and tyler it wasn't them like trying to recruit people it was more like people like i really want to make this game it looks sweet yeah. i think we may have mentioned like you know we're looking for like a sound guy you know people please send us this or that but we weren't like truly actively looking and we got a huge bombardment of people wanting to join and through all of them, we found this Jim Connor, and he's been with us ever since. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay, so uh, you guys want to talk about um, before we get into the game itself? You want to talk about the YouTube series, the Adventures in Game Development? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. There's lots to talk about. I'm I <laughs> I bet, but yeah. How, so uh, according to Falco, it started uh, as a personal project, right? It did, yeah. It was, 
It was completely by accident that we became, quote, famous on the internet with that web series. We had no idea that it would that it would take off or that we would do more than one or two chapters. You know, it, it wasn't really meant to be that, but that just people people just I guess they they understood. You know, being able to see what goes into making a game and being able to see, you know, the, the passion and commitment that it takes. Um, the series, it's it's very raw and very real. I mean, obviously you can see us like cussing all over the place. You can see the game crash, you know, you can see <laughs> staying up all night, having to, to abuse substances, caffeine, whatever, just to, <laughs> just to get things done. But uh, through it all, I mean, you can see the highs and lows of game development. You can see the, the game progress from something that doesn't look any better than like a Genesis or Super Nintendo game to like where it is now where we are physically pushing the limits of what can and can't be done in 2D with 2D and 3D cameras we've introduced a completely dynamic lighting engine we've introduced pixel I think that people were able to see that we've really begun to redefine the genre of the 2D RPG as a whole and I think that just being able to see that passion and that entire process is really what draws people to the series. And I really like about it is like I lo- I watch a lot of music documentaries and they never really show like like there's t- when you're making an album or something there's times where you just completely doubt why you're even attempting to be a musician because it just it's part of the process. But when you watch this, it's literally just a bunch of dudes making a game and you see every step of the way and you see you can see it in Falco's face when he's been up all night. And he's absolutely exhausted. It's never like polished, and and they're just showing yeah. off all oh, the highlights, and it's some magical thing. It's like actually showing you what it's like. That's what I like about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't pull any punches. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I actually was um, uh, seeing. I, I was watching. I think a couple, three videos earlier today. Um, I liked the the. Um, uh, the deleted scenes once the what, what do you call them the lost chapters yeah the lost chapters oh, yeah, yeah, yeah i like those one those that, that, yeah we really lose enough on those because it's really just like taking out scenes it's less yeah. about the game and more about like having fun indeed yeah, <laughs> yeah i like i like that um uh, what is it good evening bitches is it? <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. <laughs> I'm trying to make that a catchphrase, you know, kind of like Sega does, but Nintendo. It's like Alicia Shadows. Good evening. <laughs> you should have one of the characters in the game say that. One of the NPCs. You that toss them like in the game. That would be like our John Romero catchline. <laughs> <laughs> so, what kind of game is Elysian Shadows? It's a good evening, bitches. I'm up. <laughs> or maybe not maybe not uh, yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so what else do we need to talk about uh, yeah uh, <laughs> I'm sorry yeah okay um, one thing I like about the, the those videos is that you you're not all together in the same place right so you no, all record your individual steps uh, while doing the game what you're working on at the moment etc um, working with that uh, a team that diverse and uh, scattered around the globe and everything is it hard at times to communicate to um, uh, how can I uh, phrase this yeah, I mean, yeah I mean if you uh, imagine you want to you have an idea 
Is it hard to communicate to the rest of the team? Creatively, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, in, in, in some ways it is. In some ways it's not as hard as you would think. I mean, it, sometimes it's hard for the other team, you know, to see all of the progress that's happening. Like if Tyler and I are sitting here programming something all night and it's amazing, sometimes I feel like there's a little bit of a barrier, like being able to get the other guys involved in the excitement. Sometimes like they don't even really see what we're fully doing until the Adventures in Game Development episode, which is kind of unfortunate. But uh, along that vein, we're always in Skype together. We're always we're always online communicating together, uh, video calls, conferencing. I mean, like I feel like these guys are a huge part of my life. You know, these are like my best friends, and I see them and talk to them and interact with them every day and through every bit of the development process. So it's not like. You know, it's not like we never communicate. It's just hard sometimes to to show off things in game and and let them, you know, because they're not necessarily present for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I talk to the guys on the team more than I talk to my real life friends. So, so yeah, it's kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah. like. Well, I yeah. don't have real life friends, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I scare them all away because they're like, "What the fuck? This guy's making a game for the Dreamcast. He's weird." <laughs> fuck you. That's how we became friends. What? What are friends? I don't know what what friends are. <laughs> well, we don't either. So. <laughs> so they're your best friends and your worst enemies at the same time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. So uh, let's uh, talk about Elysian Shadows um, now. So uh, what is Elysian Shadows? I think that should be that. Um, yeah, that should be the, the first question. It should have been the first question in this in this show Love because it, people were like, "Okay, they're talking to the Illusion Shadows team." Okay, so what is Illusion Shadows? Is it? Yes, like a... it's a video game. It is. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. It is a highly multi-platform RPG. It, it's a uh, at its base, it's a 16-bit influenced 2D RPG, highly influenced by games like. Uh, Chrono Trigger, Fantasy Star, Shining Force, all of the classics from Super Nintendo and Genesis. But it's not What's a Super Nintendo? Game. Yeah, okay, I figured you guys didn't know that. There's <laughs> other consoles that really, that really sucked in the 1990s and just got in the way of the Genesis and Sega CD and 32X. I see, yeah, I see. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's not actually an old school game. What we've done is we've tried to to reinvent the genre itself and and take it to the next level. We're really pushing graphically things that have never been done with concept art through dynamic lighting, bump mapping. Uh, the audio is completely dynamic and environmental with the tracks fading in and out, different instruments dynamically based on what's happening. And even the combat, we've, we've implemented things like a, a true rigid body 2D physics engine to where objects you're interac interacting with, you can pick up and throw and shatter and do things that no other 2D RPG could possibly do. We're trying to reinvent it and reinvigorate the entire genre itself. Awesome. Awesome. So why why the Dreamcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, for me, for me, it's an awesome console, but uh, it's kind of a. Uh, we've seen some uh, awesome indie titles coming to the Dreamcast lately. Um, Yes. Publishers. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. That's our, you know that's our publisher. Yep. We'll get into right. that later, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, the, the the main question is also always why the Dreamcast? Because some people consider it to be dead, 
of course they don't deserve to leave as well but uh, well, those, they consider those are not friends of mine of course of course not but why the dreamcast well it, it actually it's, it's kind of a funny story like it started when i was about 13 or 14 i was first introduced to the dreamcast this was right around when the playstation 2 came out i already owned a playstation 2 and uh, when I got the Dreamcast, it was really eye-opening because the PS2 was supposed to be like this next-gen, like, insanely powerful thing. And I got the Dreamcast after it, and I was like, what the fuck? This is better than the PlayStation 2. The <laughs> games look better. There's, there's a freaking memory card with a screen on it. Like, truly, the Dreamcast was what I felt like was the next-gen console, not the PlayStation 2. And I, I truly loved it. And I, after about a year of like being in love with it, I found this community called DreamcastEmulation.org, DCEmulation.org. I found that there were these crazy motherfuckers who were developing their own indie games and indie emulators for the Sega Dreamcast. And all you had to do was download these images and burn them and you could play them on any Dreamcast. And I just remember being so inspired and so like awestruck by these guys that that was really the day I decided I wanted to become a game developer. And I taught myself C and learned to develop for the Dreamcast before I, I was rendering polygons in the Dreamcast before I was ever even able to print F Hello World on a PC. And that, that's just really <laughs> where it all started. And like, even though this game has exploded in the media, even though it's coming to all of these other consoles, like the PlayStation 4 whatever in the future, like it, it was part of my quest that one day I wanted to release a game for the Dreamcast, no matter what happened. And so I, I really feel like it's staying true to my roots and, and our inspirations for the game itself to continue to support the Dreamcast. And I don't care what anyone else says, it's still gonna be a Dreamcast game. Awesome, well done, sir, well done. Yeah. Okay, so what can you tell us about the story? You can go for it, Tyler. Well, uh, the story of Listen Shadows takes place uh, more or less in a world caught in uh, the ongoing conflict between magic and technology. Um, you see these users of magic, um, you know, they're these local creators of uh, the, what we call like the creator. Um, while you have these larger groups of non-religious parts of society like the scientists and scholars and, and other people like that that are forced to rely upon um, technology in their daily lives instead of magic. Um, the character um, that you uh, get to play as, Julian, is found, um, like, thrown into the middle of this conflict. Um, you uncover a very mysterious artifact um, deep within one of the ancient ruins, and uh, the conflict just kind of mounts up from there. Um, you really have to try to discover what it is that, uh, you know, I guess is the, the main difference between these two different viewpoints and what all of this means for the future. Awesome. Okay, that sounds interesting. Uh, why an RPG, by the way? Why did you go uh, with the RPG genre? Actually, it's 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 kind of funny. I really I feel like growing up playing RPGs, they they have the most depth as far as as storyline and uh, being able to give it like a certain feeling and vibe it with like different influences because you have a lot of creative freedom with an RPG. You're, you're inventing your own world, your own storyline, your own lore, your own dialogue. There's, you know, where a platformer, it's not as easy to express yourself. You know, Mario, it doesn't have much dialogue. Sonic doesn't have much dialogue. There's much less creative freedom you have there. But it's kind of funny in the Elysian Shadows, the lines are kind of blurring now between what it, truly it is. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I, we actually implemented platforming mechanics in Elysian Shadows to where now you're able to run and jump and interact with the Indeed. environment in a full 3D 
manner and to where now I'm building levels with platforming in mind to where, you know, it's truly becoming, you know, more than just a 2D RPG. It has these platforming elements and especially the combat it's engine is action RPG elements. It's, I mean, it's, it's very action oriented. Yeah. In ways we've described it, it's kind of like a marriage between more modern games like uh, you'd expect something like from God of War, like kind of in your face action, like over the top, exploding things, smashing this and that, but like in a secret of mana kind of playstyle way. Um, it's very fluid, it's very fast paced, um, except there's hit points and experience and items involved. Yeah. Okay. Just in, from my perspective on that, is like I'm a gigantic survival horror freak, basically. And uh, the same thing is true with, with those games as RPGs, is that you get to build an entire world around uh, the game because there's a lot of documents that you read and a lot of background and stuff. And so when I heard about Elysian Shadows and I wanted to join uh, the team, I looked at it and it was like, oh, it's an RPG and I get a chance to put all kinds of lore and, and a lot of backstory the way that, you know, if I were making a survival horror game, which is where I come from, I was doing. So that has appeal, not just for RPG fans, but for people like me in a different genre. Right, and it's really funny because we all come from different, like, childhoods. Some of us were a little more Sega oriented growing up. Some of us were a little more Nintendo. Like Ooh. Connor said, he he's really... Well, those guys are not in this interview. So <laughs> but, but like Connor said, he, he comes from a survival horror background. We all grew up like loving the aspects of these different games. And, and we really have endowed Elysian Shadows with these, these diverse influences and inspirations that I think have all come together to build something that's, that's a truly unique experience with, with pieces of all of us. Yeah, th that's what I think is the beauty of this project. And per uh, perhaps some of the, the the similar projects to, to yours but uh, if you go talk to a, a big developing company they have the story writing team the gameplay team the exactly. artists yeah and I think uh, for what I've uh, watched in the videos and uh, the, the interviews I, I've listened to uh, you all contribute to everything in the game Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, yeah. you know, like yeah. some of us might have a great idea. You know, I might have a great idea for storyline or for like an art direction. You know, but but I'm not the artist. But that doesn't matter. And and yeah. with my code, you know, I I really feel like for me, I'm not an artistic person. I'm not a visual person. I'm not creative. But I derive so much pride and pleasure from being able to architect something like the dynamic lighting engine, where I can use my programming and mathematical background to make something that's artistically appealing you know i think we all we all take on multiple roles in this team because we all care about every aspect of the game it's more than just our own little umbrella yeah so yeah, and our, our artist leandro plays awesome piano and he's the guy even though he's doing art and he's usually working with patrick and stuff he'll send me a message like oh you know for this this demo that you have you should extend it by this much and add this part and change this and and all that stuff. Like everybody kind of goes into different roles and helps each other out a lot. Awesome, awesome, yeah. So you guys created uh, your own engine for this, right? That's correct. Falco? Yep. Want yep, to talk about that for a bit? Yeah, oh. sure. Uh, <laughs> that's been the majority of the development time, actually. It's, it's taken years of, of not just programming, of me having to mature as a developer to be able to create an engine that was capable of powering our our very ambitious vision on not just now you know I can't just make this work on a modern PC because of the the platforms we're targeting 
So not only did I have to, you know, learn the mathematics and stuff behind dynamic lighting and physics, I also had to learn like the hardware and the architecture behind getting all this crap to run well on like a Dreamcast or a phone. So that that's taken quite a while. And and not only that, but we have a custom engine. So in order for the artists and and the level designers to interact with it, we've also had to build our own toolkit along with that. It's it's kind of like a level editor that completely in, interacts and integrates with the engine. And that's really cool because uh, there's actually a drop-down menu so that you can pick which platform you want to test your levels on as you develop them. So I can switch to the Dreamcast and as I'm creating this level, like run it on the Dreamcast, see how it plays and feels on that console in particular or any other platform as I'm doing it. So I really feel like we've d developed something unique in that respect. And speaking of that, another idea we had for the Kickstarter was that you know, if we make a certain stretch goal, we're considering releasing this entire toolkit engine and scripting API that we made and opening this this very capable engine up to a, a modding community who can be generating custom content for every platform, you know, even if they don't own it. Like the Ouya guys might want to make a new level to this growing world that is Elysian Shadows, and then the Dreamcast guys can have it. So that's, we're pretty ambitious in that regard, I feel like. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm a bit of a programmer myself, not even comparable to Tyler and Falco, but I started messing around with the engine the toolkit in a little bit, and I, I was using it, and I was just like, these two guys are absolute nut jobs. What, what they've done with the engine and the scripting and stuff, I was just blown away. Like, it's just ridiculous. It's going to be sweet. It is. It, like, I, I, I used to pay the bills with Unity 3D. I was a, a developer for a startup company with Unity. And so being able to work with that engine really showed me, you know, the ins and outs, the ups and downs of, a, of an engine. And I really architected our engine with, with their strengths in mind. I wanted to build like a, a 2D slash 3D Unity engine, you know, that, that was as powerful as Unity in our own regard, but more focused on 2D perspectives and two-dimensional stuff. And now it is going a lot 3D, but that, that's what it was inspired by. And I feel like that's, that's why it's so powerful. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I think uh, um, you were talking about. Uh, I uh, listened to an interview with the Second Nerds, uh, our good friends, the Second Nerds, and you were talking about oh, yeah. uh, people being able to uh, pick up the game uh, or do something similar to what the the PS4 or PS3 and the PS3 games do have cross play. Uh, yeah. Am oh, I right? Save, save yeah. files on the Dreamcast can be uh, picked up and played on the Ouya, for example, right. or yeah, that, the PC. That's, that's one of the ideas we yeah. have, it's, especially like the Dreamcast and maybe some other platforms, you know, because of the hardware, the Dreamcast has fucking maracas on it, you know, there's a lot of, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of creative freedom we have on that console. And, and in that vein, also, if we developed the Dreamcast and we didn't develop a VMU game, I would feel like we were failures, you know, that's a... That's yeah. a huge part of, of the console, you know, we don't just want to port these to all these consoles without truly, like, giving them the experience of those console games. And so I, I feel like with the different the differences between the versions of Elysian Shadows, it truly is worthwhile to let people experience each console differently, you know, and as part of that, we wanted to, we didn't want them to feel like, oh, why would I buy it for PC when I own it for the Dreamcast if, like, I have to start over? We yeah. wanted to make it to where you can easily move across these platforms. You know, like, oh, I've been playing on PC or 
or the PS Vita, you know, because I've been on a trip. Now that I'm home, I want to train my my Chow Garden or whatever. If we have a meeting, <laughs> like you know, you you can move your file to the Dreamcast, and then you can play on your VMU and, and experience that aspect of Lysian Shadows. So I feel I mean, like we even, creatively, that's the way to go. We were even tossing around the idea to kind of help, you know. Uh, foster this uh, inter-system gameplay, you know, having like maybe some sort of epic item that you had to gather parts like say from the Dreamcast that you know you can only get to this one part um, like on the Ouya or something like that so you would have to jump between consoles to assemble this like super item or get you know the full part of like some sort of side quest or something like that too so I mean it wouldn't be entirely game breaking but I mean we could do something like that to kind of help foster it as well. Yeah that's interesting actually yeah Uh, I actually need to get a, a Dreamcast in the uh, new year for for Legion Shadows. Oh. I have two Dreamcasts, uh, both are uh, not working at the moment, so there's that. I'm sad. That's a shame, man. Yeah, shame. and if uh, for those who follow me on Twitter, uh, they probably know that I have um, an issue with Ouya because I supported their Kickstarter. And due to my uh, our posting services, our postal services in Portugal being crap, I never got my Uya. So, <laughs> uh, oh, man. yeah. But this week they uh, actually finally decided to send me another. So probably I'll have one uh, maybe next month, in a couple of months. I don't know. Uh, we'll they... have a game for you. What? This is sweet. <laughs> we'll have a game for you then. In indeed, indeed. Like so that's there's that. Yeah. And I'll, I'll have to get a hold of a new Dreamcast to play Legion Shadows as well. And maybe I can assemble that super item by playing both games. Okay, so uh, what about the, the locations uh, in the game? So you... Um, Lauren is the name of the town, right? Yes, that's the starting town. The starting point, right? Um, what other locations are we looking at uh, during the game? I know uh, we'll have forests forest. and caves yes. and dungeons and, and churches as well. There's a nice uh, church theme uh, that uh, Connor did. Yes, yeah. I've been watching the his videos. World is very, very diverse and multi-layered. Um, you know, we we don't have what is you know, uh, generally considered like an overworld for the game. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if you want to walk, say, from Lauren to one of the other bigger cities, you know, you'll have to travel, say, through, like, the forest and part of, like, maybe a valley area and then come up to, like, kind of a, a plains area. I mean, you actually will have to travel through these different beautiful, lush, and highly varied uh, landscapes. And then we wanted to create and make sure we could really personify the different fields of, like, biomes, such as, like, deserts, mountains, beaches, swamps, islands, and volcanoes. I mean, I mean, everything like that. Um, but the ruins themselves... Um, Are kind of unique in, in the sense that they allowed us to develop, you know, another area like just below the surface, so to speak, um, and gave us like incredible diversity we could have in them. Um, most of them will exhibit a much darker, kind of moodier, foreboding atmosphere. You know, playing host to like ancient, long-forgotten technology and crazy, right. dangerous creatures and stuff. We really wanted to establish a dichotomy between like the the beautiful, lush overworld of Elysian Shadows and and just right under the surface are these these dark, mysterious like foreboding ruins that you know it, it really what we want the player to go whoa what the fuck is the deal here we want them to feel that like atmospheric change to where they know that like something strange is going on here they're they're getting into something when they go into these ruins and i feel like we've yeah. done that fairly well 
Well, part of the, the game design, too, I mean, especially with like, uh, like the 3D lighting and the exploration and, and how lush we fully want these environments to be with like NPCs you can interact with. I mean, if there's a door, you can open it unless it's locked, in which case there's a key you can get or somehow get it to open. Um, to where exploring the world in itself, like getting to a new area is kind of like a reward on its own. I mean, the player should feel very excited getting to these new areas or finding out, oh, there's a you know, secret entrance to this ruin. I want to see where this goes. But, you know, at the same time, kind of, you know, that there's crazy stuff waiting on him. it's going to be a challenge so yeah uh the the, the thing between the the conflict between magic and technology kind of reminds me of fantasy star uh did yeah. you take anything from that oh absolutely oh yes 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 yeah we i i we love fantasy star we grew up playing it and it's funny tyler and i both have like a serious <laughs> love affair With Fantasy Star Online, especially, oh my god. <laughs> I, 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 seriously, I will still get online on my Sega Dreamcast and play Fantasy Star Online to this day every so often. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, okay. Uh, what about the main character, Julian, is it? Uh, what can you tell us about uh, this uh, guy? It's a guy, yeah. right? Yes, I is. don't know um, anymore, but yeah, I think it's a guy. Being influenced kind of like uh, from the older school um, RPGs, we decided to go with a little bit more of a silent protagonist. Um, I mean, you do know who he is and what his role is. I mean, he was the uh, son of uh, very famous explorers. His mother and father were very famous, had a very good relationship with the local museum in, in their time. Um, they were pretty big in their field, um, but they're not around anymore. And Julian is kind of... I guess just walking in his, his parents' footsteps, he's not entirely pleased with the direction of his life, but um, he's really good at what he does. Um, kind of like uh, a little bit of Indiana Jones influence there, he's kind of like a, a haphazard character. Um, but the other parts, the very like strong persona we wanted to experience, since he's going to be more or less silent throughout the game, um, you do get to interact with characters like Aaron, um, the museum owner's daughter. Um, she takes kind of like a, a leading role, a very strong female character, kind of like uh, Laura Croft, um, to where you know the interaction between the two of them, she kind of pushes you uh, to, to be a stronger person and things like that. Um, you know, and then we have, uh, I guess we could mention, uh, like the scholar is one that we, we've talked about before. Uh, his name's Rand. He uh, is a very arrogant, um, but very well-deserved arrogance um, <laughs> in, the, in society. He's uh, kind of drawn parallels between like house or something like that for, for his personality type um, <laughs> you know, so, so seeing all these kind of different characters interact and then uh, you know the main character getting to go do side quests with them where like if you wanted to know more about them you know you can develop that that narrative between say Julian and Aaron um, by doing more side quests with her and things like that too cool cool yeah um, what about the gameplay so uh, apparently you can jump <laughs> on an RPG yeah, yeah. which is awesome Um, yeah, absolutely can. Yeah. We, we, were, we were really looking for ways, you know, we spent so long on this engine and this creative vision. We almost were turn-based, but, you know, after after surveying other uh, indie RPGs, after talking with our fans, we felt like building up this, this fantastic game, you know, and then just having Pokemon-style random battles, you know, we felt like that was going to be a little too boring, a little too old school. We felt like we'd be letting them down, so what we did is As we looked at games like Secret of Mana, where it was a little more action-influenced, a little more action-oriented, and we wanted to take that to the next level. So this was right about the time we started moving the camera into 3D and experimenting with true 3D geometry. And so for us, it really made sense that if we really wanted to endow this game with uh, more action-oriented uh, 
mechanics, then maybe we should also consider it uh, platforming mechanics and allowing the player to interact and explore the environment in three dimensions. And from there, it really opened up like a whole new world of of level design, of gameplay experiences and things. Now that it's partially a platformer too, and now that the, the environment is truly 3D, you know, and you can climb things and jump off of things in that, that respect. So really happy with that creatively and I really feel like that's going to help add to our, our unique feel with Elysian Shadows in that you know now we're appealing to people who you know they think Pokemon's boring they're not they're not into the fantasy star style uh, turn-based Turn combat yeah who want something a little more action-oriented I believe that now we'll be able to give that to them while at the same time we're maintaining like a a very high level of, of depth and strategy that a, a traditional RPG like Fantasy Star or Final Fantasy would have. Yeah, I, I actually am a part of that group because I, I liked Fantasy Star back in the day and right. I was never really a, a, a huge RPG fan, uh, but lately I've been getting into the action RPG genre, so, especially with The Legend of Zelda. Oh, Which yeah. is a Nintendo game! Oh, oh the humanity. Yes, uh, but now whenever I uh, see Link go about in his daily uh, stuff, I say, Why you no jump? Because Julian yeah, can really. jump, why? <laughs> so you ruin, you actually ruined the, the Legend of Zelda for me, so yeah. thank you. Thank you very much for that. So much. Thank you. Thank no, uh, yeah, I was I was watching the 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 video that you where you introduced the, the jumping uh, mechanic to the game, and then I went uh, picked up my 3ds and <laughs> played a bit of um, uh, a Link Between World, Worlds from the, right, the Legend right. of Zelda series. That was actually one of the games we researched when we were doing. Yeah, too. and uh, I I uh, was playing. Uh, normally, of course, and then I started to tap on the button. Come on, jump, jump! Why don't you jump? Oh! <laughs> then I forgot. I remembered. I I was not watching Illusion Shadows. <laughs> yes, and I I cried. Actually, let's. Uh, how about we t uh, do a music break uh, right now because we've been talking for a bit. So maybe we can play some of the tracks that um, you guys picked. So we have. I think we'll play um, something from Shenmue. Uh, loneliness, oh, is it, Connor? God, I love yes. And maybe we can uh, play the battle theme uh, from Pure Solar. Okay? Okay, so uh, when we get back, we'll have more with uh, the Elysian Shadows guys. And you're listening to the Sega Lounge, so don't go anywhere.
You're listening to the Sega Lounge with SSF 1991 Donnie. and KC only on Radio Sega. Welcome back everyone, you're listening to the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega and this week we're joined by the amazing guys from the Elysian Shadows team. Hello again. 
Hello, yes. So we were talking about uh, the gameplay mechanics uh, in Illusion Shadows. Um, we've talked a bit about it, but uh, Falco, do you want to uh, elaborate some more on the lighting effects? Because I think uh, it's awesome what Thank you've you. done yeah, with, with uh, that. Definitely, that was that was right about the time when we were we were uh, really re-establishing what Elysian Shadows was in, as an RPG. We had already started moving away from just being a, a turn-based, 16-bit influenced game, and, and we were really becoming something new, something of a an identity on its own when we decided, you know, let's try to push the envelope graphically as well as just gameplay. And that was right around Christmas. I, I took the entire Christmas break to just buy a whole bunch of GPU programming books and really sat down and researched other engines and other games and really Basically, I never left the bedroom, and I was just in my underwear doing research and working out the lighting equations and stuff for a whole break, just trying to reinvent the look of Listen Shadows. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really happy with what's come of it, because we, we support directional lights, spotlights, point lights. Uh, we have full pixel-perfect shadows now, and it's really allowed us to do something with a 2D game that I really I haven't really seen any other game do quite like the way we're doing it. So, for example, like, uh, take Lauren or something. When it's complete, your, your character will have a sword on his back, and that sword will be specular in the fact that, based on the position of the sun in the sky in the day, that sword is going to glint reflectively at you relative to the angle of the sun with, like, full dynamic shadows. I really think that that, that will add another level of diversion and uh, beauty to pixel art that no other game has really tried to do. Yes. Awesome, awesome. Um, yeah, I've seen uh, something that uh, we I forgot to, to ask about was the dashing mechanic. So you can not only you can walk or run, but you can dash as well, right? Right. Yeah. That that was actually that was inspired by like uh, some of those mechanics. I'm sure you played like uh, Vector Man and Mega Man. Yep. Kind of like one's the Super Nintendo, one's the Genesis. We really like some of those mechanics in that they're, they're platforming, but they're also, you know, those are pretty advanced platformers for what they could do. We wanted to also take aspects of those games and, and try that out in like a more 3D RPG-oriented world where, where some of those dash moves, those jump moves, you know, that's actually doing real combat damage in, a, in an well, RPG-based environment. Exploration. I mean, uh, right. it's one thing we try to do with a lot of our spells or abilities is work them in for reasons for exploration, like things like burn a tree down or you know, shoot a fireball and damage an enemy with it. I mean, uh, if you can cast spells, you can do dashes and moves and stuff. Why shouldn't they also be related to combat and vice versa? Nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, so uh, th that's what I, I like about this game because you're taking lots of different aspects from uh, even other genres of, of games. And adding yeah, them to the, the RPG style, so that's that's amazing, I think. I mean, we, we grew up loving these games, you know, and I really feel like, this is what Connor always says, and I'm totally stealing it from you, fuck you. <laughs> but <laughs> he, says, he says that we're building the game that, you know, as we were children, we would have loved to play growing up, you know. And when I was younger, like, these are all the games I just loved that really defined gaming for me. And like these are the feelings I grew up having towards these games, and I really feel like creatively I'm able to to pay homage to them. You know, now that I'm an adult, now that I have an engineering degree, now that I I'm old enough to be able to to do something creatively with my own vision, I feel like I'm also able to pay my respects to these games that 
that contributed so much to my own career path and even my own life. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll appeal to uh, not only the, the the hardcore RPG fans, but to the other people as well. I'm glad. If you love video games, you'll probably love Elysian Shadows. That's so, what I hope. Yeah. <laughs> Now, please, guys, can you stop uh, pointing that gun at me, please? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, okay, okay. No, yeah, but uh, seriously though, I think it'll it'll appeal to to lots of people. Uh, yeah. Now about the music. So uh, we have Connor, which is awesome. He's the lead uh, sound designer. <laughs> lead emphasis on the lead. Uh, he leads a team of one, apparently. Uh, that's that's the best kind of team, really. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> Me, myself, and I. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, what about the music? Uh, not only the music, but the sound effects, because from what I've heard, the sound effects are amazing as well. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Well, I've never done sound effects for anything in my life, so this is totally new. Um, and it's, well, really interesting. I, tr I always try and do something totally different than what you'd expect. So, for instance, a while back, I was trying to make, like, a, you have a crate and you shatter it. And I think it was actually on, like, a Google Hangout with uh, Falco and Tyler. And I had my, my vinyl record players, and I had the Prodigy in my vinyl. And uh, I was trying to scratch tiny bits of the song where the snare drum would hit at a certain lower speed than the song actually plays and take that tiny sample and put effects on it to make it sound like a shatter instead of just grabbing something in my house or, or something that would be really obvious. And I try to do something really weird to try and get an original sounding hmm. thing. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but for the music, uh, I started making music as a black metal musician when I was young. And then that's, that's I another started, weird influence we have. <laughs> yeah, and then I started making survival horror and like trance dance kind of stuff. And then now I'm making an RPG soundtrack. So the thing I always say that I think is going to be cool about this game and the soundtrack is that it's not just an RPG guy making another RPG soundtrack. It's going to sound the same. It'll have the same techniques, the same instruments, same everything. It's like this totally different guy who did grow up loving these games so he has that influence and that background too but using these totally different techniques different instruments different ways of thinking and writing music to make an RPG soundtrack so I think that'll make it a lot more uh, interesting and, and diverse indeed, uh, indeed. And obviously I'm not going to say anything bad about our audio but <laughs> like sincerely like I love hearing like just the different the different influences and inspirations in his songs and I really feel like the the audio very much complements like the entire creative vision of ES to where we're truly trying to marry old and new uh, marry different mechanics and gameplay styles that have never been used together you know I really feel like that fusion is also emphasized in And Connor's uh, creative work. Awesome. Well, Fal Falco stole my line a little while back that I always like to say. But what I like to say about music <laughs> is that <laughs> is that uh, if I can make a, if I can make a, a soundtrack, or now I guess if I can make a game that affects somebody the way that like Silent Hill 2's soundtrack in the game affected me growing up, then my mission in life is complete. So <laughs> like, if I can make a soundtrack that somebody gets goosebumps listening to. That's like my goal. It's, it's got to complement ES and it's got to give somebody goosebumps and then I will be totally happy. Awesome. That's my goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, Connor, but like a few days ago I was feeling a little down. You know, I was really feeling like the, 
the stress and the pressure of uh, the Kickstarter upcoming. I probably did too many substances staying up all night. And like I was at the <laughs> gym and I started playing your latest boss theme at the gym. And man, it fucking, it inspired the shit out of me, man. I'm like at the gym and like listening to this epic boss theme with these Genesis drums. And I'm like, fuck yeah, man, I'm going to make this fucking game. It's going to be awesome. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, like honestly, I I listen to your tracks just for fun. Like when I'm out and about on my oh. iPods, so I I really feel like other people will be doing that too. Well, the no, game's so hard, man. Like you don't <laughs> even know. Well, it's like I was saying before when I joined as a fan. Is that when I see what the other guys on the team are doing, I'm just like freak out because I was a fan when I started too, right? And then I guess when they hear what I'm doing, they're stoked about it. So. Well, the team's always just stoked on what everybody's doing. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we really speak off of each other, like energy. Now, when one of us is down, we try to like, dude, look what I fucking do with the engine, or look at this new song, you know, and it always like picks each other back up. Because honestly, we're under like a, a shitload of pressure, you know, we have all this <laughs> ridiculous this hype on YouTube, we have Tyler and I quit our jobs, you know, like everything is on the line now. Tulio from Watermelon actually just drove down here and he oh, hung out with us all the way from Iowa, you know, he really has faith in us and our project and we're just like, you know, we're just these average guys that really want to make this game and there's a lot of pressure on us and like we're really starting to, you know, we're starting to feel the stress and it's really nice, you know, the way that we're all close-knit friends and the way yeah. that Tulio has faith in us that really, his visit really helped honestly as far as stress yeah. goes and putting faith back into us, but it's, it's a lot, a lot to chew. Nice, nice. So yeah, when uh, I feel it, I just go deal with it. Let's <laughs> keep going. That's what shit, I yeah, me too, me too. That's why. That's why I slept for fifteen hours last night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, another exclusive at Radio Sega. So uh, the game is so hard, you need to go to the gym in order to beat it. Exactly, exactly, right. exactly. Okay, so you you talked about uh, Tulio. So let's talk about your publishing deal with Watermelon Core. Uh, how did that come to be? Yeah, that's actually a funny story too. Um, you know, we had always known about Pure Solar. It's really hard to be in this this you know niche segment and not and not know about a, a game as big or, or influential as Pure Solar to this scene. And we we had always been fans of them, but it turns out that the same was also true for the Pure Solar team. Tulio and a, and a bunch of their team had actually been watching Adventures in Game Development. They'd actually been watching Elysian Shadows progress. And one day I got an email just from Tulio himself, like, hey man, I'm the president of Watermelon. I'm, I'm the guy behind Pure Solar. Would you like to publish with us on the Dreamcast? And it was just, that, that was really a big day for me. I was like, holy shit, like, yeah. I, I've always heard that they knew about us. Man, you know, and to find out that, like, not only, you know, they're not. We got several publishing deals from other people in the Dreamcast scene, you know? It's not so much about that as much as about the, this man that I, I truly respect his work, his team's work, they did good work. They don't just want to publish us and capitalize on us, they truly believe in our creative vision and what we're trying to do with this game, you know? Mm -hmm. I, talked to, I talked to publishers who it's like they had never watched a chapter of Adventures in Game Development. Yeah, and I'm like... Cool. I'm like, what the fuck do you even know about Elysian Shadows? What do you know about what we're trying to achieve with this game, you know? Like, you, you don't understand what we're trying to do here, but with Watermelon, that is absolutely not the case. And that's why, like, you know, hands down, it wasn't even really a choice for us as to, you know, do we want to publish with A or B? It was just, no, we are publishing with Watermelon. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, that's one of the, the main advantages of, of getting published by the same people that did Pure Solar, because, yeah, they understand you. They've been it there. Really is. Yeah, they've and, been uh, there. And, no, I mean, and, like, more than I even realized, uh, Tulio came down and he brought with him, uh, it was a really cool story, he brought with him uh, <laughs> yes, two, two original sealed copies of not the reprint, but the original version of Pure Solar and the Genesis for, for me and Tyler. He brought down... Uh, the sealed soundtrack for Tyler, and he brought down uh, one of the uh, one of the Mega Drive uh, original debug cartridges. We we have pictures of this on our Facebook and Twitter. It's really cool. Awesome. But I mean, we got to, to get to see that and see like the the uh, what else did he bring? Level he brought the strategy guide. Yeah, me. Like, he he brought like the strategy guide, and to get to see the finished product, to get to see like the strategy guide, to get to see like. The instruction manual, like a press game disc, like to be able to see like someone's creative work, like years of work finished and hold it and touch it and talk to the man behind it. Like it really, really like struck home with me. I was like, oh my God, like this is it. This guy understands, like this is what we're trying to do. And I don't know, still, I'm still playing Pure Solar right now. Like it's sitting right here, I'm looking at it and it's, I mean, it's just uh, great. Tulio was the guy that uh, he's so detail oriented. I mean, the packaging is is beyond something you would normally expect to go pick up a shelf, you know, in, in the nineties or something like that. But but he uh, he even had to find someone who could uh, engineeringly produce the screws for the back of the Sega Genesis cartridges. He wanted it that level of detail <laughs> for original product that he had to find someone that could do that for him for these. Like I, I don't I mean, know, if, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the box for the Pierce R on Genesis and Mega Drive, but. It is, it's fucking amazing. Like, even the plastic around the box has, like, a, a logo, like, a theme, and, like, the tape holding the plastic together has, like, embroidery and stuff on it. Like, it is a work of art. Like, I barely wanted to open the box because I was like, Jesus Christ, like, the plastic <laughs> here is awesome. You know? So, like, I don't think, I don't think anyone I've ever seen has, like, Produced a, a physical game with that much love and care, you know. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I kind of <laughs> got distracted by the amazement uh, you guys were feeling with with that. So uh, apparently, you guys you guys quit your jobs, right? <laughs> so there's a lot yeah, on the line here. Um, you guys are crazy, of course, but, but that's why we love you. <laughs> that's why we hope your your Kickstarter project is successful. Do you want to talk about? Okay, so I I was a full time engineer. I'm and uh, I'm working on my master's degree in computer engineering, which I'm still working on, even with ES. I just don't have a job. And, and we would work on this game, Elysian Shadows, every weekend. The minute work got out on Friday, all the way till Sunday, we didn't sleep on a Friday for like over two months. Whether we had to just drink caffeine all night, whether we had to illegally buy Adderall, like whatever it took, we were working on this game. <laughs> I don't give a shit, I'll say, I'll, I'll tell the truth. Like, it's been rough for us. But, you know, we were working on this game, pouring our hearts and souls into it. Not only were we doing that, we're trying to keep adventures and game development going on YouTube. And to do this and to be, like, putting so much passion and energy into this game and then go back to work on Monday, working on someone else's dream, working on a project you don't give a shit about, like, I'm sorry, it just, it killed me. I felt like I was wasting so much of my potential, so much of, like, 
my happiness as a human being. I was only truly living on the weekends. So like I just decided like, that's it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, this is my dream. I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket. I don't care what anyone says. Like I quit and I did <laughs> and I've been working on ES since then working towards this Kickstarter. So we might fail. We might end up having to develop a listing shadows under a bridge, but at least we will have the, the you know, have the integrity of knowing that, that we did what we wanted to do. And it was because we had a, a dream and a vision that, that we took this route. And at least we will know that we tried and we fought for it. Yeah. Well, dude, our, our fans are so awesome that, like, I'm not shitting the bed about being under a bridge. The support that right. we've gotten right. from <laughs> the people who like oh, yeah. what we're doing is just amazing. They're the best. They're awesome. We truly have. And I mean, honestly, like, you know, and, and it shows. Like, obviously, Tulio sees that, you know, the publishing deal. My parents finally see that. People are really starting to see, like, oh my God, like, this could really blow up. This could really be something. This could be, like, the next Fez or something. You know, it, it's, it's starting to show, and it's made it a lot easier for us. That way, you know, having having the consumer faith. But, yeah, definitely the people who watch Adventures in Game Development and the people who've been there with us, you know, those people, you know, I talk to them, they're like, oh, I can't wait to spend $200 on your Kickstarter. That's a lot of fucking money for one person. Yeah, people yeah. always ask them, like... I just want to throw money at you. Like, when is the and I, I really feel money? like I really feel like we're going to be able to do things with our our reward system and like have rewards on our Kickstarter that no other game could have that would really like you know we have a, a legacy with adventures in game development. We have dev notebooks that people have seen on these these videos. We could make DVDs of them. There's just a lot going on that other developers don't have because they haven't been as open with their audience as we have. Yeah. You know, you, you, you see like that really like $10,000 goal of like, you get to meet the developers. Well, I mean, who gives a shit? You don't know who they are, you know, but our, our audience has watched us on Adventures in Game Development for years. Lots of those guys have gotten into gaming because of us. So yeah, I, people I really tell us all the time like how we apparently have changed their lives. We're inspired them to change their degree. Some of those more goals just will work out better for us. And of course, we're not going to be assholes in charge of like 10,000 bucks to meet us. We don't really care. You can come <laughs> up and out, whatever. But, you know, I feel like we can be a little more intimate with our audience than other Kickstarter campaigns to be. Yeah, I was just checking and you're literally over 9,000. You have over 9,000 subscribers. Over 9,000. <laughs> over 9,000. 9,404. At That's this right. very moment, so awesome, awesome. Uh, if uh, if everyone just donates a hundred bucks, you're you're that all set. Would, oh. You're all set. That would be incredible. Yeah, if everyone <laughs> listens, you know, if you donate a hundred bucks, you'd be great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. We're really, really trying to think of to think of awesome, also physical rewards. You know, we have. We have the power of watermelon at our disposal, where we can we can make physical discs, physical releases, deluxe extras, and stuff like that. That I feel like a lot of a lot of other Kickstarters also couldn't do. We have a lot of different versions of our game. We have like this save file thing where we're we're you know we're allowing people to move between platforms to where you know there's actually a point in owning multiple versions of the game. It's not just like oh this is the same goddamn game. It's really not in our case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And. I don't, this, we've never mentioned this before, but let's just say that for our goals for Kickstarter, we have some gigantic things. If you always have that goal that's like a million dollars or whatever, if the game explodes and like something like that, well, I feel like our, our <laughs> ridiculous stretch goals are actually really 
that people might actually, you know, I don't want to say too much, but let's say like <laughs> multiplayer certain things, like maybe taking oh. that to the next level. I, that's the most I've ever said about this, but think about that for a minute. We can truly do with a lot of funding. <laughs> Fantasy Star Online. But, yeah. We yeah, awesome. I was actually going to ask you that uh, in a bit, but okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so the Kickstarter project um, is starting on the 1st of August, right? August 1st? Yes. Yep, you're building up to that moment. There's lots of excitement going online for, for the project. Uh, apparently, you've you guys studied how to do this uh, this project, right? Uh, how not yeah, to fail. So some. How did you, how did you know that? Yeah, I, I I I know stuff. I, I do my research. Yeah. I'm a professional oh. journalist. No, no, I'm not. Yeah. I work in a bank, but yeah, okay, it's 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 almost the same, or maybe not. We're, we're, I think we're all very uh, detail oriented, you know. So when. The thought of the Kickstarter happens, like, I You, you actually books. know how not to I, fail. I, I researched, I bought books, I looked at all these Kickstarters, I dissected them. We filled up our, our walls that are whiteboards just with notes, like, what did they do well? What sucked about their Kickstarter? What could we do better, you know? We don't want to go in blind, because we just put our, our entire lives, like, at the state here, so... So no, we we researched and we did our homework and we're we're going in with like a, a creative vision and a and a battle plan. We've done a lot of promotion. We're actually having to get a whole shit ton of screenshots right now for the. Uh, we're on the front page of Indie Game Magazine and they want like a whole bunch of screenshots now. We're doing some uh, Ouyak exclusive stuff with uh, Ouyak TV and there's there's just a lot on the line right now. A lot of assets we got to gather. I can give so, a sick yeah. reason that people should support the Kickstarter. Is because if, if the Kickstarter is successful, then I can use the same gear that like Yoko Shimomura did on like Parasite <laughs> Eve and Super Mario RPG. So I can mix and master the entire soundtrack with like the actual gear that they use to mix and master like Sega Dreamcast games. That, awesome. that would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, that would be awesome. Awesome. Shit, awesome. Now I want I want to contribute to my own game. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, that will be awesome. So people uh, need to be on the lookout for the Kickstarter project by the Legion Shadows team uh, starting on the 1st of August or August 1st. Don't forget, throw them your money! Show me the money! Show me the money! Yeah. Okay, so uh, for uh, for those that don't know, uh, every week on the Sega Lounge we have different guests and then we um, throw a challenge at them. It can be anything, from uh, reversed tracks from Sega games, uh, a quiz, and we have something for, for you guys. But before that, let's get just a bit uh, more personal with you guys. What are your favorite games? Be it Sega or non-Sega. Of all times. Oh, God. Wait, yeah. can you guys uh, answer this one for me? <laughs> let's see if you get it. He, like, Connor's just gonna say Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, like, the, the Dreamcast was really there for me at, like, a really particular period of my life. When I was 14, a lot of changes were happening, so, like, I, a lot of my favorite games are, like, Shenmue, Samba de Amigos, Sonic Adventure 2. I mean, nice. dude, I spent so many hours mastering Samba de Amigo. I am a fucking <laughs> maraca. I'm a Moroccan god. 
love that goddamn game. I love it. Uh, what else was it? Jet Grind Radio, uh, Grandia, uh, Skies of Arcadia, perhaps? Yeah, Skies of Arcadia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. You'll love our challenge, though. Love that. Okay, yeah. So, Tyler. Yeah. I, um, I grew up playing Genesis, actually, what I had in my house. It was the first gaming system my parents actually got me, um, besides my Game Boy. Um, I love the Castlevania installments. I love the Fantasy Star, um, Sonic. It was huge for me. Um, from there, I, I really started getting really big into RPGs. Um, you know, I had like Legends of Dragoon for the PlayStation, um, Final Fantasy titles. Um, and from there, it, uh, really just kind of take off. Right now, uh, probably my favorite game has been, uh, Bravely Default. I am very excited to see what else uh, uh-huh. Squeenix is actually able to pull out you know, mm-hmm. for the rest of this year and next year. Nice, nice. Okay. I gotta, I gotta say though, just besides Resident Evil and Survival Horror games, is I don't know why, but the first two Harry Potter games on Game Boy Color are some of my <laughs> favorite things Dude, on so planet funny. Earth. I love those games. Okay. They're so good. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Because okay. like probably like five people around the world has probably played those before. Uh, probably. probably. Uh, I played them, man. I like. I, I believe I own them. Let's go look and see. I don't. I don't. But yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, this one's for Connor, for Falco. <laughs> Did you guys hear that? No. No, I didn't. No, hear. really? Well, <laughs> the sound effect didn't play. Oh. Okay, so I played the the Samba de Amigo, uh, the the intro to the track. Unfortunately, it didn't work. Uh, yeah. Oh, I think Falco. Do we still have Falco? Uh, he might have disconnected in there. Uh, uh, hang on, yeah, he's yelling at me. Yeah, we're still in it. Yeah, we're still right, in okay, yeah. We need to add some uh, caffeine to the, the, the Skype combo. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, okay, so yeah, uh, one last question before we do this uh, the Sega Lounge uh, challenge. A favorite video game soundtrack? Damn it. Mm. <laughs> uh, mm, God. Depends on what food I'm in. I mean, I, I or or um, you can say more than one. Silent Sonic Adventure. Oh God, dude! Sonic Adventure soundtrack. I still like. That is my favorite. Like coding, raging Sonic Adventure One, Sonic Adventure Two. Open your heart, live and learn. City Escape. Oh, I love that. Playing in bed or sitting there trying to code late at night, and I can't sleep or something. I play uh, like the Jade Cocoon soundtrack. Okay. Uh, Look at Donnie's. It's kind of obscure. (laughs) (laughs) Silent Hill (laughs) Two. Yeah. (laughs) And the Harry Potter soundtrack. Fantasy Star was great. That soundtrack. Fantasy Star, Fantasy Star Online. Exactly. Fantasy Star Online is the sickest soundtrack. Yeah, it was, that soundtrack is awesome. Man. That's, that's a very unique, like electronic kind of sound going on. But I, I just, I dig it. I like it. It's got the feels. <laughs> <laughs> just like the cool kids say nowadays. Ragnarok Online kind of has a bit of that vibe too. I really like that. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So okay, I think um, it's about time we do our uh, little. Sega Lounge challenge, don't you think, Tony? 
so oh yes oh, oh yes oh yes so can the delicious we are can delicious shadows uh, guys guess all the, the answers to our uh, uh, Sega RPG quiz <laughs> yes because uh, you can't uh, be on the Sega lounge without uh, going through some kind of a challenge it's sometimes it's hard sometimes it's incredibly hard uh, sometimes it's really easy who knows let's see we have 10 questions for you guys uh, all related to Sega uh, published or developed RPGs okay some of them from the Genesis era from uh, from the Dreamcast era as well, Saturn. We'll see. We'll see. Each question has. Is, this is, these are multiple choice questions, so you have three options. Choose wisely. And let's get let's get started. So, Donny, do you want to go with the first question? Uh, well, I may as well. So, uh, <laughs> the first question is it's pretty simple. Landstalker The Treasures of King Knoll is an RPG released for the Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis. It focuses around a treasure hunter named Nigel. How old is he? And before you say smashing, otherwise I will slap you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> A20, B35, C88. I'd say 20. Hey. I've played it, dude. I have no idea how old that dude is. <laughs> uh, I would say yeah. like 35. I think he's middle-aged looking. Mm -hmm. Is that your final answer? Wait. Gets them every time. No, I would say 88. No, because he seems like... Uh, I'd say 88. Is that your final, final answer? answer? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to say 88. And you're right, it is 88. Oh, why is he 88 yeah. again? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, yeah, he's 88, actually. He doesn't look like he's 88, but that's the, the age. Okay. So, my turn, question number two. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Uh, another RPG released for the Genesis was Shining Force, aka Shining Force, oh. the Legacy of Great Intention. The story is set in the land of Option A Rune Option B Mobius Option C Tokyo uh, This is the hardest one Really? I think it's Rune Final Ooh. answer? I think, I think it's I think it's Rune Do we get lifelines for this? I think it's Rune Nope Holy fuck you can ask the public, but everyone, everyone's sleeping right now. <laughs> I would say Rune. Indeed! It is Rune. Yes, so you're right. Uh, that's two points, right? Two out of two. That's nice, that's uh, nice. Okay. Donny! I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> You'll need to get at least six uh, points. Six uh, correct answers, okay? Six out of ten, more than half. I think that's okay. that's that's fair. Uh, yeah, seems legit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so done. The next question. Next question. What evil being is the shining force trying to stop? A. Red dragon. B. Gabe Newell. Because you know, <laughs> why not? <laughs> C. Dark dragon. 
Or you could just go Gabe Newell for everything and uh, I think it's dark red. It's either dark, it's dark or red. red. I, think, I think it's dark. Final answer? Uh, yeah. yeah. I want to pick B, though. No! <laughs> 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 and you're right, it is Dark Dragon. Yeah, we would have accepted uh, B as well, though. Because... See, I would have got it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, question number four. Um, another entry in the Shining series is a critically acclaimed Shining in the Darkness. In this game, the main character needs to find which mystical items in order to stop the main antagonist. Option... Yeah? You wanna go? Okay. Without the options? Okay, no, no, no. no. Okay. <laughs> you can, you can. Okay, option A. The Hands of Light. Option B, the balls of light. Option C, the arms of light. Say balls. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's A or C, dude. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think it's all the hands. The hands of light, the balls of light, the arms of light. I think it's arms, dude. Is that your final answer? I'm going to say arms. Arms. Wow, yeah. you're right! <laughs> it's the Arms of Light! Wow! <laughs> 4 out of 4! Mmm, interesting! So far, so good! So far, so good! Okay, Donnie, number 5! Alright, question number 5. In 1993, or, well, in Japan anyway, but 1995 in the West, Sega released Fantasy Star 4, The End of the Millennium. Its story is set in the world of... A. Mativia, Mativia, whatever. Uh, B. Motobug, or C. Motovoy. Casey, why'd you give me the hard pronouncing one? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, pretty sure that's Mativia, guys, right? Mativia, right. I'm pro uh, gamer, yes. thank you. Uh, but yeah, so is it Mativia, uh, Motobug, Motovoy? I think it's Mativia. That one I have played. I'm pretty sure it's Motavia. Yeah, it is Motavia. Yay! Thank so. you, Casey, for actually establishing Man, that. I'm, damn! <laughs> I'm, I'm never gonna be able to play a Genesis RPG now without being like, "Oh my god, I have to remember all this." <laughs> it's bad enough we already dissect everything we play, but like, oh. <laughs> okay, question number six. Uh, so five out of five now. So. All good. Number six, another game in the Shining series is Shining the Holy Ark, which was released for the Saturn. What is the name of the kingdom in which the story unfolds? Option A, Enpur. Option B, Entertainment. Option C, Enrich. Guys, option A, and poor. Option B, entertainment. Option C, and rich. Say C. Uh, no idea. Okay, C. C. I see. And you're right once more. Yes, it's oh. enrich. Enrich. Uh, or yeah, not entertainment. 
The guy who did the soundtrack for that game is the guy who did the Golden Sun music. Yeah. Probably. Really? Probably. Yeah, that's, oh, I know that. Yeah. Okay. Donnie, number seven. On to the Dreamcast right. RPGs. Oh, oh yeah. You got this. Dreamcast time. Skies of Arcadia in an RP- is an RPG released for the Dreamcast in 2000. It tells the story of Air Pirate Vice and his world. But what is the name of Vice's ship? A. The, Del- the Delphinus. B. The Fishstickus. Or C. The Shorticus. Are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was A? A was the Delphinus. D L P H I N U S. For all I know, I might be pronouncing it wrong. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's not the fish stickers. <laughs> Are you sure? Or the shark tickers? Yeah, I'm, sure. I'm sure. That one. That one. I better get right. <laughs> okay, and it's right. Yay! <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so far, 7 out of oh, 7. Yeah, no, they're about to ask Randy and 2, I'm trying to play. <laughs> actually, no, actually, no, no. Oh, really? Okay. No, 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 Randy. <laughs> Question number 8, uh, still on Skies of Arcadia. What is the name of Vice's pirate faction? Uh, option A, the GGs. Option B, the Blue Rogues. Option C, the Dolphin Skulls. Uh, guys, it's like the Blue Rogues. I'm gonna say I think it's the Blue Rogues. I think it's the Blue Rogues. I'm gonna say Blue Rogues. Connor ran to the bathroom. Yeah. Connor, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm of no use here. I must leave. <laughs> oh my, I suck because yeah, you, you're right again. Yeah, I tried to, I tried to make this as hard as possible, but no, I wasn't successful. Uh, yeah, the, the Blue yeah, Rogues. These ones are really hard. We just play a lot of drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, question number nine, Donnie. Question number nine. Oh boy. Number nine, the original Fantasy Star Online. Do you, do you want me to, to do this one and you oh. can do the, the final? Yeah. <laughs> number ten? <laughs> because of pronunciations. <laughs> number ten. What is the name of the final boss in the original game? The A, original fin- Fantasy Star Online Dark game. Dark Falls, Dark Falls, Dark Falls, Dark Falls. Really? Yeah, I don't even need to say the answer. <laughs> don't even need that. Don't have to. Yay! We it's love. <laughs> Dude, we, we grew yeah, up it's Dark Falls. That was, yeah, that was wrong with that. You should come in here and break my disc. <laughs> I should have made oh, this yeah. harder. Damn! Tyler off the yeah, it's Dark Falls. <laughs> it's Dark Falls. Okay, so yeah. final question. Uh, the original Fantasy Star Online was released for the Dreamcast in 2000 in Japan and 2001 in the West. It tells the story of the search for a new planet to settle after the character's home world is destroyed. What is the name of the newly discovered planet? Bagel. Bagel. <laughs> God damn it! Yes, it's right! <laughs> ah, uh, it's not Bimol or Earth either. Yeah, okay. So, 10 out of 10! I think this is the first, Tony, right? No one's ever got uh, everything right. Or have they? I don't. I really. Don't. I, I, think I can't remember. We had last week where Bentley Jones missed one. Yeah, he missed one. So that was the best the performance. We like so. hype up this game as like this Sega influence game, and then we miss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so 
fuck yeah, off. We, we can, <laughs> <laughs> we can uh, say that, uh, yes, you have uh, the, the Sega Lounge seal of approval and you can uh, get on with developing uh, Elysian oh, no. Shadows. Yes, we'll yes, put yes. that on That's our like the, page. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, like the, nice. Se the Sega Cool Bear Bump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Sega Lounge seal of approval. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I think uh, we're almost done with the interview with the Elysian Shadow team, Elysian Shadows team, um, also known as Elysian Dreams, apparently, uh, for some people. <laughs> yeah. If it was last week, it would have been Elysian uh, Sushi. Uh, indeed, indeed, or bunnies, or bunnies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you should you should um, make Elysian Dreams as DLC. Dude, that's hilarious, because we were thinking that, too. We were really? thinking that, like, we were going to put an in-game joke about, like, Elysian Dreams, like, being some, like, fucked up thing. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think that would well, be it's awesome. Gonna be a, it's going to be an in-game joke. Yeah. The run joke, Elysian Dreams. And you also need to um, have one of the, the in-game uh, buildings needs to be the TS Lounge, in honor of the Sega Lounge. Oh yeah, another idea, huh? Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> we could do that. Actually, that'd be cool. Okay, that's an idea. Okay, well, we have a, um, a tradition here in the Sega Lounge. We all always ask the same final question to every guest. So, okay, Donny, you want to do the honors? Yes. Uh, the final question is: If you could add blast processing to anything in the world, what would it be and why? Dreamcast. <laughs> and it would be because because Elysian Shadows is gonna fucking need it to do all these graphical effects on the dream. <laughs> That's my answer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Sega. Why did you add blast processing to the Dreamcast? Yeah, do we are we are pushing that console? To you had it for the, the Genesis. Why not for the Dreamcast? Yes. You failed. Would have beaten the would have beaten the PS2 by far then. Not yeah. that it didn't already, but... It, it, it did, yeah. Okay. People are nuts. Okay, so that was a, a great answer, actually. We need to add... Yep. We, we will need to compile a list of all the answers people are giving us for this question. Yeah. <laughs> we need to make a book. Add Blast Processing 2. I kickstart that book. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Last processing book Last coming book. soon. <laughs> okay, so yeah, anything you'd like to um, add to to this, guys? So uh, yeah, I think we always have basically the same outro. Like, thank you for your time. Please, <laughs> uh, you know, if you liked anything even remotely that you heard. Uh, Give us all your money. I'm just kidding. Uh, please <laughs> check out uh, Adventures in Game Development on YouTube because um, the, the amount of depth that we go into there is something that you, you probably never see for any other game. And you certainly can't see that depth from just going to like our, our uh, website, although we do encourage you to do that too. You know, it, re it really yeah. shows you more of what we're trying to do creatively. And I mean, it shows you video footage of the game, which is which speaks a lot more than just the screenshots. And please check us out on Facebook and Twitter. We're very... And Google Plus, we're, we're very uh, in close contact with our audience. Like we really care about your suggestions. We try to, to integrate them into the game and keep you guys in the loop. 
And thank you very much. Yeah. So don't forget, the Kickstarter project goes up on August 1st. So it's yep. less than a month away. Yes. So okay. start saving. Don't, don't remind me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> start saving for that. Get back to work. Yes. Know, what the hell are you doing here? The minute we get off this interview, we're getting right the fuck back to work. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Okay, so bye guys. See you next week. Right, this is over. No, you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, like <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh, any other final words, uh, Connor, Tyler? Yeah. No. We're getting pretty good at the outro stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so thank you guys for joining us this week. Um, yeah, I hope everything goes well with the Kickstarter project, and we'd love to have you uh, once more once the game is uh, close to being released. Who knows? Well, you, maybe we can, yeah. Maybe we can have more of the guys, uh, more uh, some of the other guys from the team, the Nintendo lovers. Yeah, those guys. Definitely. Yeah. We can make fun of them. <laughs> maybe. The, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So it was a pleasure. Uh, be sure to check out. Oh, uh, that reminds me. Uh, for everyone that wants to follow you on Twitter, that's at Elysian underscore Shadows, right? Yes, because I, I had uh, Twitter open, but then I closed it. So, yes, indeed. Uh, what else? What else? Um, you talked about the YouTube page? Yeah. Did you talk about the website? Uh, no, but so uh, there's ElysianShadows.com is the website. It tries to get... It's kind of tries to give like the sale sales pitch and the rundown and talk about you know what what we're trying to do with the 2D RPG genre as a whole. Mm -hmm. It's actually about to be revamped as we're gathering all these new assets for the Kickstarter and stuff. So very soon it's it's going to be like new and shiny and all these new screenshots too. So be on the lookout for that. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Okay. So I think there's that. And uh, thank you very much for being on the show, guys. We hope to hear more from you when the Kickstarter project uh, starts and maybe uh, all of our listeners can contribute with all their savings. All their money! Throw them your money! Yes, yes. Fund the Elysian Shadows and... Elysian Monies. Elysian Monies. Yes, that would be another uh, great add-on to the game. Elysian Monies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, thanks guys for joining us on the show, and we'll talk to you later. All right, thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Take care. Okay, so thanks to the Illusion Shadows team for joining us for this week's The Sega Lounge episode, episode number six. Uh, yes, and so it's time to talk about the upcoming shows on Radio Sega. And uh, also the Sonic's, Sonic News show. Uh, okay, so the next show will be on in a couple of hours. It's with Voice, uh, RSN Live, at midnight BST. So in less than two hours, I think. Um, you can join us for that as well. Then you have a second Mixer Drive tomorrow, Friday, at 9 p.m. BST with Rexy. A couple of hours of Sega remixes, which will be awesome. The probably the most professional show on Radio Sega, as opposed to the Sega Lounge, of course. Hi. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, uh, Saturday at 4pm BST, we have the Late 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 Afternoon Breakfast Show with Shadow Remix, uh, dual casting... Oh yeah, that one guy. Yeah, dual casting uh, on Sonic Car and Radio Sega, and Forever Sonic will be back this Saturday at 10pm with Forever Sonic's Random Hour. 
After that, uh, well, it's the 14th of July, which means it's the season one finale of Radio Sega's Top 40 Countdown. Oh, yes. So I'll be back next Monday with Radio Sega's Top 40 Countdown, the final show of season one. Don't forget to tune in for that because it's going to be random and crazy as usual. Yes. And we'll be back with uh, another edition of the Sega Lounge next week. Hopefully we can do this live next week on the 17th of July uh, at 8pm BST as usual. Uh, we haven't yet uh, confirmed what the next uh, the next guest is. The, the next guest, guests uh, not gex the next guests will be but uh, we'll keep you gonna be me i mean who's probably I mean, yeah probably the sega lounge with donnie interviewing donnie Ooh. Ooh. That's, Wait, a, that's a winner that's a winner uh, I, know I'm I know i'm part of a paradox but this is ridiculous <laughs> yeah so we'll keep you posted we'll do a blog post and everything we we keep forgetting to post some something on the show blog actually yeah maybe we can remember doing that for for next week's show who knows yeah so there's that when's the next sonic news show uh on tony my hope is to do another show this sunday so (laughs) okay so don't forget to tune in for that as well uh and people can go to sonicparadox.com is it sonicparadox.net.net of course yep that's the location for the show, essentially. But if you want to get all the latest information on the show, like I'll give updates on if there's going to be a Sonic News show or not this week. But uh, just follow me at SSF921 on Twitter. And uh, I apologize if I spam your timeline in advance, but I can't tell <laughs> you. Know. Yeah, that's what usually happens. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, there's that. And I think we're uh, almost done. Anything yep. else you'd like to add before we go, Donnie? Um, I think the tartar sauce is magnificent. Um, Interesting. I, Be sure I, to try I, that, though. Okay. Can we interview the tartar sauce for the next Sega Lounge? Perhaps, perhaps. If I can't be interviewed, we can interview the tartar sauce. Okay. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Who knows? We haven't Question yet... Question number one. Why does Donnie like tartar sauce so much? <laughs> number two. Why does Donnie obsess over tartar sauce so much? Indeed. Number three. Why the fuck does tartar sauce have to do with anything? Yes, yes, yes. Don't forget to send us your questions to ask Tartar Sauce. So <laughs> you can you can follow that's, at at Tartar Sauce on Twitter. <laughs> yes, okay. Hashtag ask Tartar Sauce. Okay. <laughs> we don't even know what we're talking about anymore. As usual, as usual. <laughs> Uh, yeah. This is that point of the show where we're just like fuck it and we're just everywhere. <laughs> That's why we call it after hours. This segment of the show because yeah, yep. we're not doing anything really right, right anymore. Because, and it really does apply in this case because we're recording it and the sun's already gone down hours ago. So yeah, in my case, uh, a long time ago, yes, because it's all almost three a.m. my time. So yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, so there's that. We've had lots of fun with the Elysian Shadows team. Don't forget to check out their Kickstarter project when it comes up uh, on August 1st. And yeah, we'll leave you with one final track uh, from Elysian Shadows as well. Uh, One of uh, the lead composers, lead sound designer, right? Uh, Connor's works. Uh, (laughs) He leads a team of one. (laughs) 
which is awesome. Uh, and he left us with this horror teaser. Mm, he's a survival horror fan, and there's sure to be some horror in Elysian Shadows. So don't forget to uh, check it out when it comes out, when the Kickstarter project is up, and send him your monies, your Elysian monies. Right? Yep. So I've been Casey. You've been. Yeah, and I'm. And I'm Tartasos. Yes, you've been Tartasos. And this has been the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. Don't forget to come back next week. We'll open our doors once more with another special guest, whoever that is. Yes, so bye bye. 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 Sega Lounge, only on Radio Sega. RadioSega.net is not just music. Check out our original features, our message boards, and don't forget our media section with the best podcasts from around the Sega community. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music and bringing you the best content 24-7.